everyone, this is Hanmark, your host on the Total Woman Podcast. Welcome to today's edition. Yeah, last time we met, we were talking about purpose and we we're able to define purpose as what you were created for and what, why the reason you exist, why you exist, the why behind your existence. So today I want to talk about something on that path too. So, you know, this thing that pe- this epiphany that when people figure out what they want to do and why they want to do it and the way they want to do it, they suddenly try getting everybody's attention and trying to everybody stand still because do you know who I am? Do you know what I carry on the inside? Do you know what I can do? Do you know what I can achieve? If you just give me space, if you just give me room. So that got me thinking. Most of the times when we go through that epiphany and we realize that, okay, I was created for much, much more than I am now, which means that I'm actually operating below potential. It means that there's something extra that I can bring. There's a value that I can add because of what I was created for because of what I carry on the inside, which is your purpose of existence, of course. But then when you figure that out, does it mean that you just go out mandating it on everybody or how then does it come to limelight? The process, that's what I'm talking about. The process of you find purpose, the process of purpose becoming visible. How do you get to that point? And um, so um, I think this is talking about, there's somebody I met this is a lady I met at some point in my life. Huh? She she was reading a lot of books and every day. So the problem was that she was living in a particular house with a set of people. But she spends most of the day reading and then sleeping. Which means that she does not contribute any which way to the house. She does not walk. She does not clean. Where every girl in the house wakes up and is cleaning house and doing chores left right center she's just lying down because she'll tell you she has spent most of her night reading and we don't know where where she's going because god is taking her somewhere reading the bible doing research a lot of books so her bed is piled up with books but somehow she finds a way to eat the food that others have made she finds a way to live in the house where so you know and all of that in between that she was she started work finally she got a job and she felt it was the job was on track to what where god was taking her to so i think at that point she was being paid 51000 i remember her sewing 40000 naira every month of her salary for seed she did that for a year and she was earning 51000 naira which meant that she only had 11000 naira left and so we needed to contribute for her to go to work, transport. We needed to um, give her clothes so that she can wear to work. For that one year, we're sponsoring the transport. We're sponsoring the clothes, clothing and bags and everything that she needed to be able to go to work. All because she had found it and we, we couldn't talk. Every time you talk, you get into this huge argument and get into this huge fight over you don't appreciate it. She knows where God is taking her and she's so vehement about it. I know what God, God has put on the inside of me and I'm talking about this is like 10 years back and till date, I've not necessarily seen all that God has put on the inside of her come to manifestation yet. So my point is using this as anchor story what then do you think purpose is supposed to be it's supposed to be for oppression of people simply because you found purpose or what exactly and then the second question i love to ask is simply because you found purpose does that mean that there are no obstacles on your way to achieving purpose or something sometimes things just go smoothly simply because you found who you are i think in my thought process i i discovered that it should actually be harder 
if you are confused, you know there are lots of things that slide back. But now that you're more intentional, it, it actually gets harder because I think the devil is actually more intentional about you now because of your realization, self-realization. Means that the devil should do extra work, more discouragement, more pain, more obstacles on your road. And all of which is that what if you've discovered yourself and you understand why you exist and you're deliberate and intentional about it, which means that you're making progress on a daily basis and trying to attain heights that will make you influential in the spheres of affairs of God and humanity. Naturally, the devil should be doing overtime because now you're becoming more dangerous. You're actually a candidate for destruction. So guess what? If there was a wine agent that was functioning on your case, maybe like they will arrange a, a small think tank crew around you now doing overtime to make sure that those, those things don't happen. So my point is, number one, it shouldn't mean that finding purpose shouldn't mean that everyone comes to a standstill to worship you simply because you've suddenly realized you're created for something more. Guess what? In between that realization, there are people who have realized, there are people who are yet to realize, but guess what? The world doesn't revolve around you, which means that you get to refining that light to make it appealing to others that they can now respect and accommodate because now you've grown to something into something yes so you don't get to be worshipped you don't get to be given extra attention simply because you found out no you make your path and walk through it into growing that it commands the light on your inside commands and compels men to favor you compels people to act because of what you can do and the excellence and the finesse to which you are to it do you understand it's like how he says something somebody passed a statement somewhere at the church that i attended he said why is it that when we go to local churches you there's no excellence in preparing sound and all that so you come to church and you hear and people are hitting mic and saying it's not working. Oh, it's not check the mic, check this one. And in front of people, you see, that's a show of lack of excellence and incompetence. Then why is it that when Beyonce is doing her this thing, they, they spend two days doing sound check and making sure I don't lose it? And you never hear her saying poof, poof, sound check, something. This one is not working and holding her mic down. No, you don't get that because there's an excellence. So the difference between my Beyonce's latest hit song, which I really don't know, to the the, the choir presentation you do in in cooking lcc jackete where your special number is contact the lord and be blessed contact the lord and be blessed oh my sister contact the lord the, the difference the uh, people you attract at that level and the people beyond the attracts you cannot compare them and that is because of the preparation that goes behind closed doors not insisting but by the time she comes and presents automatically the crowd is in awe and guess what she has a a, a precedence already because she gives excellent work every time she goes and i'm just using one person as this anchor person now just using a, that example of excellence so the excellence in preparation itself gets you to a particular point whereby the accolades you don't have to beg for accolades they find you there's a the light that attracts so my point being that your realization of who you are, the reason why you exist, why you do what you do, the call of God upon your life, which I think is still purpose, is just but the first stage. The next stage is you get to work. You get to work. And I, I, I was reading this, uh, the prophecy in Haggai. I think it's Haggai, right? Haggai, 
Haggai 2, somewhere in Haggai 2, when you look at the scriptures from um, 1 to 9, and it talks about where the, you know, where the prophecy went forth, that the, the, the rebuilding and all that. But I think there's something that was profound that Haggai said. He said what the Zerubbabel to the king, Zerubbabel, get to work. That I'm using message translation just in case you're wondering. Zerubbabel, the king, get to work. High priest, that's Joshua, son of get to work. You know, the kingdom get to work. Guess what? He's saying that what? You get to work at every point, at every stage you are in life. You don't get too important to stop working. You get to work. And that's even a biblical principle for this rebuilding, of this restructuring, of if if at all God is saying, raising you to do something. God is crea has created you to do something that only you can do. The whole concept of purpose is that if you are a creation of God, it means that there's something he has created you to do and only you can do. And nobody can do it the way you can do it. The earlier you believe in yourself, the earlier you accept it, the better for all of us. And guess what? The earlier you start doing the work, the better for us. So which means that your realization is only but the first stage and it cannot be celebrated at that level. You should not be celebrated yet at that level. Realization means I now get to work. What exactly what will it take for me to attain this height? What does it take for me to become that person that God wants me to be? What does it take for me to be able to radiate this light, even in a professional standpoint? You know, we reduce this. When you say the call of God, we easily reduce them to pulpits, churches, pastors, evangelists, apostles, this person, this person. Guess what? We have apostles in the marketplace. I'm currently in a studio where it's being run by people. does not mean that they are not called. The ability to do what they're doing is a calling on its own. And guess what? The excellence they apply to it means that it can, they can be announced at any point in life. So hence what? I am, because I am in this studio, and if you're enjoying the output you're hearing, guess what? This is the studio where I'm doing it at. You can come to this studio and we can also get to do this for you and give you even better output. Now that's excellence. The excellence that compels men to favor you. The excellence that gives you access to influence. And you see, with influence, your word, the message you carry, or whatever message that the Lord has laid upon your heart, goes further. I met a pastor once, uh, went for uh, rural evangelism when I was much younger with my parents then. I think this is like 15 years ago. And he's in a village. He's, the, the, he's in Plateau State, Nigeria, of course. Plateau State. And... Uh, Langtang North, to be particular. In that Langtang North local government, he's in a particular village called Chakwai. Do you understand? I'm telling you the remoteness of arriving there. And um, we, I met a pastor there who said, no, he doesn't believe in um, he doesn't believe in reading too much material. The Bible is enough. If God needed us to know anything more, he wouldn't have given us the Bible as a the, this thing or a yardstick for application of everything in life. So he cannot read anything. So on any topic, if the Bible cannot tell him categorically and cannot understand it from the Bible, he's not going to read from anybody yet and all that. So he cannot mix knowledge. God's knowledge is, you know, for him. And then, you know what? I was thinking about this and I just remember that story and I wonder, I, I understood why he's still in Chakwai. You can't go out of Chakwai now. If it's only Bible you can read. Maybe if they're talking about politics, you have nothing to say. Maybe if they're talking about society and what societal norms and what culture and tradition and all that, you really have not, you don't have much to contribute. So guess what? Your purpose is not very creative and it's not really very functional in the hands of God. So there's a reason why even God will empower you at the small level of people that God. And guess what? You can only pastor illiterates. 
even as a pastor, it means that it reduces your sphere of influence. And if whatever profound message you think you have, guess what? You're now limited, very limited. So as a professor who comes to hear you speak and has a lot of questions and is wondering why you're not exploring, guess what? He comes to church. You, you find people come to church and they are using their phones to do something else. They're completely out of so if we reduce it to that point it means that what the people are not even fed the correct word of god so my point is that if i find out that my purpose is impact right which everybody's purpose is impact just in case you're wondering where your purpose is i'm telling you the purpose is an impactful life everybody to live an impactful life hence the scripture says let your light so shine and to showcase your good deeds and they will praise your father in heaven before men let your light so shine before men paraphrasing of course don't kill me because I'm not quoting exactly the scripture. But I think it's somewhere in Matthew. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. I remember in Sunday school because it said there's a song attached to it. I don't remember it exactly. But then my point being that the light is first for men to see. The light, you encounter light for yourself, but it is for men to see as a proof and as a testimony that it works. Light works. And that the glory becomes to God. Because guess what? This time around, you have already been groomed. It has devil in between the, the road, the path you have taken to attain where you are at. There's integrity. There is dignity of work. There's excellence of service. All of those put together. Guess what? Now, when you're so refined that they can't help but bless the name of the Lord. That yes, I, 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 I enjoyed I met this banker that was profound. She's very honest. The way she carries herself, the way she does this work. It's so, you know, and I just discovered she's actually a Christian and we bless God for this kind of people. You see, that's the testimony we're looking for. Purpose, even in the marketplace, wherever you find yourself, what sets her out as she's talking, you find integrity, you find dignity, you find excellence. She's, she's not using, I'm going to church as an excuse why she's not functioning well. She's not using the fact that we're currently doing prayer and fasting in our church. That is why we cannot function here. No, she's not using any of the religious activities as an excuse why she is not functioning, but she's functioning regardless because it's now more than to her. It is more than a job, but it's actually a calling and she's trying to set a record straight even in the banking sector. So at what point are you in life? At what sector have you found yourself? Is it the teaching sector, education sector? Are you in the banking sector? Are you in media? Are you in whatever it is you're doing? There's so much garbage nowadays that we experience on a daily basis that has so, how will I say it's downtrodden excellence. It's, it's more of, I think excellence has become a suggestion as opposed to a lifestyle that we should thrive, thrive and strive to do. It's more of a suggestion now. So anything can, anything can pass. Anything can just go. Anybody should just accept anything like that. No, that's, that's, that's appalling. And when you look at our society today, that's appalling. And then guess what? We have Gen Z's that are coming up now with everybody highly opinionated. And basic dignity in labor has been lost. So we just want to wake up and then arrive, you know, the concept of Indomie as opposed to pounded yam. The concept of poundo yam as opposed to pounded yam. You know those times where your mother will start the cooking by four because she's peeling the yam. Peeling it. And she finishes, she wash it. Then they'll go and cook it. By the time they're cooking it, they're washing that pistol and mortar and arranging it and setting it. Do you understand? And all of that is going on while soup, fresh soup is coming up. You know, the concept of fresh food as opposed to two minutes noodle. I think we've been overwhelmed by a lot of 
quick fixes. So you even if you go to search engines on the internet, Google now you know how to make money fast, how to do this one. Everything is fast, fast, fast. Process, process. Now I'm talking about the process of purpose. That even in purpose, there's a process to it. You don't just arrive at the end result. And I think the vision is for an appointed time. By that, I mean the vision is meant to give you hope. It shows you the end product, but there are steps, applicable steps that you apply on a daily basis to attain that level. I have a story for you, but I'll tell you when we get back from this short break. Thank you. Have you ever wondered what it really means to be a woman? Are you interested in gaining a fresh perspective and a deeper understanding of womanhood? Look no further than the Total Woman Podcast. Join us as we explore the complexities, the beauty of being a woman, while also introducing the male perspective to our experiences. No gender advocacy, just a balanced approach that acknowledges and celebrates the unique differences between men and women. We'll delve into the why behind our thoughts, emotions, experiences, while striving for a better understanding and relationship between genders. My personal experiences as an African woman will add a unique flavor to our discussions, bringing new insights to the table while leaving you enlightened and empowered. Join us as we introduce the world to the woman. Tune in to the Total Woman Podcast today. So you welcome back, you welcome back, you welcome back. I promised you a story and I'm going to tell you a little story about the lady Zumi. So Zumi is this young girl. Actually, I think I, I know her. So I'm going to actually be telling you a first-hand story. Zumi is this young girl who just finished secondary school and um, her elder sister bought her a form to go to nursing school and she immediately reported to nursing school. She was somewhere around 16 or thereabout. So Zumi went to nursing school and started nursing. I think she had just started in her second year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in her second year, they went for this clinical training that day. I think that's a particular point that you have to go to the wards to take care of patients, actual patients, after having learned so, so much. They go to take care of patients. So, I'm talking about the stage where Zumi started feeling dissatisfied by the work, but she was still working regardless. She was still trying to adjust to being a nurse and all that. But somehow there was this dissatisfaction on the inside that she knew this was not what she really wanted to do. But her senior sister had bought her nursing form and her senior sister was a nurse. Yes, her immediate senior sister was a nurse. Her elder sister is also a nurse. Two elder sisters before her. She's number three. Yes, so they're nurses and they bought forms. So it was, she didn't question it much. So until she had this traumatic experience where a patient, her patient that she was taking care of died on her shift. And she didn't even realize the patient was dead. So while she was trying to help this patient and do all that, I think even the patient relative had realized that the patient was dead already before they tried to call her, call somebody to come and check because they realized she was a novice. Call somebody to come and check. The problem was that when she realized that the patient had died, she wept. You know, you know a situation whereby you cry more than the bereaved. She actually cried so hard that the patient relative, you people that were bereaved, were the ones comforting the nurse to take it easy as if she was related to the person. 
So she was so touched. And since then, nursing was not the same again for her. She had lost interest completely. She never really recovered from that experience. And she was asking herself questions like, really, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? I can't. Is if, if death is what I'm going to be dealing with, am I sure I'm cut out for this? Can I really cope here? So she was still trying to figure that and and which took her to the place of self-evaluation she started evaluating to know what she really wanted to do but you see in self-evaluation she also realized that she was actually here because her elder sisters were nurses so she never really took time to actually think about it so if you look at and i'm using this story to talk to us about the concept of being the total woman because one of the things we said we're going up against society traditions and culture Sometimes you don't really take time to think about the things put on your path while you're walking and you just simply accept them and go on. So that's what happened to her. She actually just accepted it and went on until a challenge was put in her path that had her thinking, got her thinking to really, is this really for me? Would I enjoy having to do this for the rest of my life? Do I find fulfillment really in what I'm doing? So by that self-evaluation, not by actually casting blames on people, if not because my father, I wouldn't have done this. If it's not my mother, no, she actually took time to self-evaluate. Factoring in how she really feels at the moment and wondering if there was not much more that is expected or obtained. I'm not really saying nursing is a bad thing. I'm simply saying it's not for everyone. Which means you're going to have to understand that simply because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something, especially that particular thing you're thinking right about now. So my point is she went on that and then she went for a program. The, uh, there was a program that was organized at the nursing school where she was attending and the program went on for like two, three days. And so there are sets of missionaries that kept on coming during that program. It's a Christian program, of course, and a set of Christ, uh, missionaries that had come in. I think at that time it was Great Commission Movement. Yeah, here. So Great Commission Movement had come to challenged them about a lot of things and we're talking about the need for missionaries to go and do the work of god and all that she was so challenged because in that program the first day by the second day she gave her life to christ and she really wanted to just live for christ and she wanted nothing more than to live an impactful life and she said she since that incident she found peace for the first time in her life which was monumental for her so she wanted anything that she would do around this peace nothing should rob her of this peace that she has come in contact with so she went ahead to sign up to for the talk about the missions so she went and well, in the talk there was a counselor this, this particular white lady who came in as a counselor and was talking to them and she said she wanted to be a missionary she really wanted to be a missionary and so they told them yes they have enough missionaries for now but the, what they're lacking is professionalism people who could actually teach because one of the things that they are actually doing now was building schools so that they could teach people how to read and write especially in africa where we education where a little bit deficient in education so they wanted a situation whereby they could actually teach people because most people you you're not teaching them the word and if you're not there they can't even read the bible to actually know what they should and what should they should not do so they're not growing so they felt if we could have a school where affects the educational system which is also a life of impact and then they can also with that same skill of reading and writing they could actually read the bible so when they thought she said okay she made up her mind fine I'm not enrolling now. I'm still going to go back to school and go and figure out what I'm going to be a teacher. But guess what? Because she was 
Well, in her narrow-minded approach, she actually decided that she was made up her mind to go and be a teacher. And she was going to be a CRS teacher. She wants to go and teach people the word of God. So it had to be CRS. So she wanted to go and do CRS education in her university. She went, and when she went through remedials, of course, at that time, she went and started remedial department, University of Jones, and she finished. And so all the ladies were very few at that time. So all the ladies in their department and her friends, of course, ended up going for medicine. Some of them were pharmacists. Good choices. And admission was much, much easy because this was a lot of years back. A lot more easy in Nigeria at that time. So it was the University of Jaws. So they're going for, you can evac just go and do what you want to do. But because she already understood what she wanted, where her friends were choosing this, she went and chose education. So she found that counselor again because they kept in contact. She found that counselor and talked to the counselor. And she told her she wanted to go and do CRS education. The counselor told her, said, honestly, if she was to be frank with her, they had enough of CRS, uh, CRS teachers. What they were needing were professional courses, science-based. So they wanted more like math and the sciences. So if she could get anything at that point, it would be fine. If she really wanted to do good work, that was what they were looking for. So she went back and applied for math education. So she read maths education at degree level and went ahead to do master's in maths education. And guess what? By the time she finished, she was no longer going. The My point is, she was no longer even looking to go and be a missionary again. By the time she was already reading math, a lot of ideas had started coming up and she had started joining different writing panels because she realized that her passion was not just in teaching the math, but also realizing the defects of the curriculum, the African curriculum, Nigerian curriculum that was a little bit biased because by Nigerian culture, we understand that it has to be very hard. So there are some texts that now, if you go, Nigerian curriculum, that if you go to look for nursery 2, nursery 3, I think I came across a particular mat material that at nursery 2, they were teaching fractions. And I was wondering, what nursery 2 is supposed to be a child who is about 4? What does a 4-year-old need to know about fraction? And then when you compare it to other curriculums like the ACE, the Abeka, or is it Abeche? Abeka curriculum, different as this Bob Jones that they have a particular curriculum they're working with. And if you look at it, uh, uh, Alpha Phonics, different curriculums that are obtainable. Their approaches are more simple and easy for and child friendly because the, the approach is more working with psychologists to know what a child can take at that age and what he cannot take at that age. So the professionalism was different. So people that went through those curriculums tended to come out better than those who just did the African, the Nigerian curriculum. So she wanted to challenge that particular curriculum that made it. And so there's this bias we had in Nigeria. I don't know whether it's obtainable in other African countries, but I do know that for Nigeria, we believe that math is very hard. So every child, uh, you're, you're, a child goes to school and you're looking for a tutor for a child later to teach the child math because math is difficult. And she realized that by virtue of approach, the problem was not math being difficult, but it was the approach to math that made math look very difficult. And the teacher who learned new math felt a, a sense of superiority. Those math teachers in our secondary schools, if we are to be honest to ourselves, those math teachers in our secondary school who feel as if that they are the most intelligent people in the world. So they come and they present it in a hard way so that you appreciate the fact that they are very intelligent and brilliant. So at the end of the day, there was this deficit that kept on going on in math and it became her passion. So she started joining writing panels and started expanding her educational uh, 
career in now writing she discovered it was more writing that she would be more impactful in writing so she started writing different publishers were beginning to hire her to write which for me was that it's like she found herself so the vision was narrow at the beginning but it became progressive and it became wider and she was able to impact i think anybody who used i don't want to call the names of those books now but anybody who uses those books tends to enjoy it and guess what she did not just meet a small group of people in a classroom no she was able to meet the needs of a larger congregation by understanding who she was eventually got married and had her children and did that but she's still ongoing and i realized i in in time past i actually followed up on the story and i realized that currently she's running schools different schools and still trying going into a, every community she goes into she tries to evaluate and guess what she met a man who is also doing the same thing and they're married and have their own children and they're all in that became their ministry that they go every environment they go to they try to evaluate the curriculum and try to find a way to make it easier for those that village that they go to to help them grow them to be able to teach them in ways that they can understand so they first take time to study the environment and make necessary adjustments to the curriculum that will meet their needs so that they can be at par with their mates and contemporaries at every level so that they do not come up short when they stand to meet other people on the outside my point being that and that's that i think this story is meant to inspire all of us to see that there's a dimension of excellence and there are questions you need to ask when you find yourself, when you find purpose, when you realize that you are made for more. Questions like how, where do I fit in? The life of impact is everybody, that's a life of purpose. Life of impact is actually purpose that everybody should discover and is on your inside. But the question is how? What are you gifted on the inside and how will God have you function in that office that of your gifting? And by gifting, I do not just mean your ability to speak in tongues. Or your ability please we easily reduce it and to all prophecy and all that no that's not what i'm talking about i'm saying functional those that are actually functional those ones come and, and they add value to what you're doing but there must be a foundation a concrete foundation that you're able to lay in that which you feel you've been called to do so my point being here that if you find yourself how she found that it was education for her. Another person will be that, yeah, I, I appreciate the curriculum, but I also understand that there's a way you deal in delivery, which tells you that the person is a teacher. Another person is music. Another person is media. Another And no, no purpose is, is, should be belittled and should be compared to another because everybody is making impact in his own little way. So I cannot magnify being a doctor over being a fine arts teacher. I'm not supposed to magnify being a musician over the person who is an instrumentalist. Because guess what? It takes music. It's the combination of the instrumentalist. The person, guess what? Before you meet Beyonce at the end of the day, you know that she has gone through different processes. The practice she has done, the keyboard hand, her keyboard writing the song, the ability to know music, which means that there was a teacher involved. Do you understand? The instrumentalist, the studio she works in, the instrumentalist that she's working with, their dancers who, so you cannot just look at it's it's a complete package of people a community of people coming together and is showcasing that person but it's a coming together of different people finding purpose and talents coming together to be able to make those come to pass meaning as you find yourself is the first stage the next stage is how and to find the the all those 
ingrained potentials that you've been thinking, I have potential on this. Try to start fine-tuning them and working on them because all of them put together make a whole. Nothing should be left out. So, guess what? I'm now challenging us that we begin to find ourselves, not just finding ourselves, but in the how, the questions that we need to ask, how? Which means breaking down those steps to basic applicable steps and working towards them on a daily basis and making progress. So I will encourage our viewers, our listeners to begin to journal. Yes, your journal to finding yourself, right? Finding purpose, your, your, your purpose journey. To begin to journal to see the progress you're making because sometimes you arrive at some point where you're so discouraged because you feel as if you've not attained so much and so there's so much dissatisfaction that goes on on your inside before you get to that point the journal helps you to look back and know that okay this is not where i started from i might not necessarily be where I'm, i want to be yet but guess what i have I've achieved so much in this little time that I, I have given myself and set goals, practical, achievable goals on a daily basis that are leading to the end result. Set practical goals. So at one point, do you, did you discover yourself? We'd like to hear feedback from our listeners. At what point you discovered yourself and the hows and what tools you have discovered in your journey that has helped to make your journey to finding you, your purpose journey, more fruitful. And we'd love to hear feedback from you check a uh, link up with us at our social media platforms at the total woman podcast on instagram and on facebook we would love to hear feedback from you in fact i'm looking forward to hearing from you to know that indeed you're on your journey and you're on the right track see you next time and thank you for listening signing out handmack mm-hmm.